0: Uh, we continue this Tuesday with some more corporate updates. I told you it was a busy news day, so we're going to try to get to as many updates as we can. Uh, also in the news this morning was Arizona Sonoran Copper Company. and They trade on the TSX with ASCU and on the OTCQX with ASCUF. Uh, also mention I am a shareholder, and they have been a corporate sponsor for the last year and a half here. So George Ogilvy, CEO of the company, in to talk to us about a couple news items, including this morning's drill results out of Parks Salier. Uh, actually, the drilling surpassed prior best intercepts on the property with the highlight today of Eight hundred seventy-two and a half feet, and that's about two hundred sixty-six meters of one point six four percent total copper. Within that, there was hundred and eighty-nine meters of two percent total copper. George, mm. uh, that's great. These, that's uh, that's some really good grade. It had to be a nice surprise for the team. Yeah,
1: it certainly was, Trevor. And um, you know, as we've continued to put out you know news releases on the infill drilling at Park Salier as your listeners will know, the, the results just seem to get better and better. So what's really encouraging is certainly in at the core of Park Sailor, uh we're definitely seeing more robust grade and thicknesses compared to what is in the current resource model uh, that we have. And that obviously formed part of the maiden resource that we put out last year in September, which was 2.9 billion pounds of contained copper in the ground at a at a grade slightly north of, uh, you know, 1% copper. So, uh, you know, there's every possibility that as we can continue to drill here, complete the infill drilling program, we may see the core of Park Salia being uh, a little bit more robust than what's in the current model.
0: Uh, you are working on this uh rescoped PFS for the project there, and, and more about that, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But listen, I know that usually when you, you're talking about a mine plan, you want to go after higher grade type of mineralization to get, you know, what might be a financing paid down as quickly as possible. Now that you're hitting higher grade here at Park Sailor, I mean, just give me an idea. Does this change potentially the scope of a PFS, knowing where this, you know, this high grade core as Park Sailor lies? Or do you need to see more drilling before you can even make that assumption?
1: Um no, I think we've already made that assumption on the maiden resource that, um, you know, the deposit dimensionally uh, was much, much bigger than Cactus East, which was in the PEA. And we were working on a, a pre-feasibility study for Cactus uh, through until the, the summer of last year. And Cactus East certainly was given as our best margins. And yet uh, it's only 30 million tonnes at around 1% copper. Whereas Park Salier in the leachable material was 115 million tonnes, at over 1%, 1.06 to be precise, total soluble copper. So we already recognised, uh, you know, six months ago that Park Salier was going to be extremely material, given its dimensions, its uh, you know likely tonnages and and better grades than Cactus East, East that would probably give us better marginal material. And the the other key thing that goes along with the grades and uh, obviously the dimensions is the mining method. So Park Sailor is certainly going to open itself up for more of a bulk mining method. We're looking at some form of sub-level cave, which we couldn't consider at Cactus East because of its close proximity to the open pit. And, uh, you know, the danger there is that you break through the underground workings into the open pit, can be a health and safety issue plus it can sterilize a lot of your resource and reserves we don't have that issue at park salier given that we're two kilometers to the southwest of the cactus west open pit so certainly a sub-level cave would be probably the preferred mining method here and uh, that can further reduce your unit costs because you get the benefits of economies of scale and if you can drive down your mining costs in particular uh, then obviously, you know, you've got the ability to improve your margins on the, on that deposit.
0: Uh, tell me about the ongoing conversations with you know current contracting crew about the you know mine plan. I know you you mentioned off Mike that that's one of the things you're going to be doing here is meeting with them here in Q1 uh, to talk about you know you know latest developments, but. It doesn't seem like the goal. The goalposts are necessarily moving per se, but it seems like you have quite a bit of options. And with the more drilling, obviously, the better defined your your model becomes. And what are some of the conversations you're going to be having uh, with that team here the next couple of weeks?
1: Well, we went out with uh, bid packages late last year uh, for various consultants to bid on the Rescope PFS. We assessed all of those packages over the Christmas period, and last week... We were in communication with the various consultants looking for clarification questions and uh, this week we will be awarding uh, those contracts. The plan of action is next week to have a kickoff meeting with them uh, physically in Arizona. And uh, of course, one of the key things that we'll be looking for is various trade-off studies to start off the, the initial analysis. We've got a substantial portion of work done, obviously, with a PEA and essentially a pre-feasibility study that was about 90% complete on cactus so really we'd want to go back and take a fresh look at that with a new set of eyes do some various trade-off studies and then you know talk about what's the best way to integrate park sailor into the current plans that we have that will obviously keep capital at a minimum uh, you know accelerate hopefully timelines to first production and if we can uh, see you know Better grades, better tonnages in the mine earlier years, you know, it should generate more free cash flow and therefore allow us to pay back any any debt that we take on, um, you know, a lot a lot quicker and hence improve the economics of the project. So, those are some of the preliminary conversations that we'll be having in the next uh, week to ten days.
0: All right, uh, So there'll be news for the market who you're awarding that contract with. And then obviously uh, the fun begins after that. But with this uh, ongoing drill program at Park Sailor, uh, you're more than halfway there. I think you announced you know, it's like 60% complete. Uh, 27 holes have been drilled out uh, out of about the 46 holes you anticipated. Um, so you got a number of holes still pending here. So I guess as far as uh, exploration work, uh, there'll be more news pending here from that drill program at Park Sailor and getting that resource to better defined.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So that um thirty-two thousand meter drill program you reference for infill drilling to an indicated resource on two hundred and fifty foot centers is completed at the end of March. Uh, we get all the assays back um, you know, probably in the middle of the second quarter. And it's at that point in time we can then run an internal resource and update the the model based on the latest drilling. Once those two drills, however, are finished on that indicated infill drilling program, they will then immediately turn their attention to infill drilling down to 125 foot centres. And that drilling should be completed sometime in the fourth quarter of this year. It's a 27,000 metre program starting at the core and working its way out. And uh, that gets us into a situation at the end of the year where we then can rerun the model internally and uh, generate measured resources, which then could be fed into the uh, bankable feasibility study in 2024. And as the listeners know, know, only measured and indicated resources can convert over to reserves, and uh, measured resources could convert over into proven reserves, which are going to be important for a bankable feasibility study, particularly the first five to seven years of a, of a project of this size and magnitude. I
0: Earlier, in fact, earlier this month, you did mention your uh, the work plan here for Arizona Sonoran. I mean, it was you know it's it's kind of a massive lay of the land. Here's what we expect to get done here in 2023. I mean, it covers not only the drilling, which you know you and I just talked about, but also uh, metallurgy and permitting. And you kind of talk a little bit about um, your primary primary sulfide upside as well. Your, uh, Your your partnership with Rio Tinto's Newton. Uh, technology is also mentioned in there. I do want to ask you about that, uh, you know, maybe on the on the end of your answer here, but just kind of give us a lay of the land here on this, uh, you know, the work plan of 23. It's all encompassing. It's going quite quickly here, George. Uh, but, you know, I got to admit, you're doing exactly what you said you were going to do when you took on this role of CEO of Arizona Sonora, And I think just almost, what I, I don't even think it was two years ago. Yeah, 18 well, I mean, months ago. Not too long That's ago.
1: 18 months ago, Trevor, Yep. Yeah? Yeah, so... Um, right, so walk us through. Walk yeah, us through yeah, here. Yeah, so obviously the MET testing is important. Now, the metallurgical testing for cactus for a pre-feasibility study is already completed. That's uh, done and dusted. We've got 12 columns going at the moment that are 6 to 8 inches in diameter and are 20-foot height, and they are dealing specifically with park salier. And uh, those columns started up in late October, early November of last year, and they will run until the end of the second quarter of this year, whereupon we'll draw them down, get the final tails assay, and that will allow us to calculate the recovered uh, metal from those various columns, which then can be given to the consultants and feed into the rescout PFS towards the end of uh, this calendar year. We are in the process of starting up an additional five columns, and uh, those will be 30 feet in height. And they're designed not just for park salia, but with cactus uh, mineralization as well. And uh, they're designed specifically for the bankable feasibility study in the second half of 2024. So that's uh, some of the key work that's taking place on the Met side In addition to that, uh, I think the permitting is very important, as always. Late last year, we applied for our next two key permits, the industrial air permit and the mined land reclamation permit. I'm happy to say that in December of last year, we were advised by the regulators and the local municipal authority that those applications were, inverted commas, administratively accepted. As you've heard me say in the past, that therefore means that the clock starts ticking. And within the next six months, the regulator must give us a response to those two permit applications. We're anticipating that by the end of the first quarter, we will be in possession of those two permits. And although this is all on private land and there's no federal uh, regulators involved, we, we do know that the street and investors in general do pay close attention to the permitting but if we get these permits by the end of the first quarter, that would be essentially be a four months from when they were administratively accepted. And I think the investors in the company or those looking to invest could take that as another major de-risking event that permitting is not a major risk for Arizona Sonoran, uh, given where we're located and the you know strong social license that uh, we maintain. George, that would be a very strong
0: signal, and I think that is where some of the concern is on the street. And I think, you, you, as you just mentioned, but uh, to get those kind of cleared away as it, quote unquote administri- administrative, ex, you know, approval. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would be huge. But let's talk about another potential. It's not even a D risk. It's more blue sky. I do want to talk to you about this Newton technology because in there you said uh, the uh, if, if the if the company can realize the full impact. Of the success of Newton Technology for Cactus and Park year, obviously that would really change the project economics. And I do want to, you know, not necessarily about Arizona Snorm, but we did get news from another company that Newton's working with Regulus Resources, peer company of yours, uh, down in Peru. So obviously they're expanding, you know, other companies that they're working with, which is a, you know, obviously a sign that the technology continues to. At least show signs of success, if not you know directly implicated in project economics. But things are moving forward. You know, give us a sign of what specifically do you need to see from Newton and Rio Tinto uh, to maybe put more of that in front of the investors. This is not so much uh, speculation mm. or you know something you're trying, but something that is actually applicable yeah. to the project.
1: Well, uh, late last year, <clears throat> the uh, the physical column test for Newton did actually start up. Uh, They're being uh, tested at one of their facilities down in Australia at uh, Bindura. And uh, we're currently scheduled to get feedback from Rio Tinto on the Newton technology and how it's performing with our uh, ore ore types uh, before the end of the first quarter. So, um, you know, probably in the next eight to 10 weeks, we should get some initial feedback from RIO on how uh, how that technology is working with our ore types. Our, our uh, intention is to start opening up negotiations with, uh, with RIO uh, heading into the second quarter uh, on the back of those initial results on the framework for a commercial agreement. And uh, assuming that we're on the same page and we believe that we could Uh, uh, have a fair and reasonable commercial agreement in place we would then get into detailed negotiations on that over the next two to three quarters and the thinking would be that by the end of the year if we had a commercial agreement in place that uh, both parties could live by and was signed provided the further column tests uh, you know continued to show good results provided the QP on the project is comfortable with the technology and would sign off on it, there's an ability from a optionality perspective to potentially layer in the Newton technology into the PFS over and above what we're going to have in there as far as Cactus and Park Sailor is concerned. And you touched on this, but we think it could be hugely material because in the 6.5 billion pounds of copper that we currently have in the ground there, £1.7 billion pounds of that is copper and primary sulphide or chalcopyrite, which we currently are, are, have no intention of, of, of leaching or a flotation mill or including in any of our current plans. So if we could bring in an additional £1.6 billion pounds of resource into a mine plan, you could certainly see that there's an opportunity to no doubt increase the production profile Uh, over what's probably going to be a mine life well in excess now of 25, if not 30 years. Uh, With Newton technology in there, we're probably looking at something that's 35 to 40 plus years and a significant increase in the uh, base case production profile. Uh,
0: That would be huge,
1: Uh, needless to say.
0: Uh, Okay, George, I do want to finally ask you about a little bit about the macro here behind copper. Uh, I mean, this, I, I guess... Copper on the backs of China reopening, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's really the name of the game, and it's lifting a lot of the copper equities, including Arizona Sonoran. Uh, it found its bottom around $150, 160 per share, now trading about $2.30, so... Great comeback within the equity, but as you're, you, you, know, what are you watching here behind this move? Not only copper and the equities, and and and, and the strength behind it—is it all because of a China reopening uh, earlier this year, or late last year? Is there more to it, or you? Know, what are people missing here?
1: Uh, well, look, I think it's definitely a, a big portion of it is due to China. Uh, obviously, China, uh, you know, took away its uh, zero COVID policy. And has now opened back up its economy. So uh, you know we know that China is uh, the, the, the 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 biggest importer of uh, copper concentrates and and copper. So uh, that's going to obviously improve the the market. And then behind that, within China, as we know, they've they've removed their three arrows uh, from the property market, and uh, you know they're putting significant amount of money into the property companies. Uh, to help them, you know, continue to, uh, to invest in, in, in housing uh, in, in China. And, of course, housing is going to use a substantial portion of, of copper. I, th- I think the other thing, part of the equation that we should just touch on is inventories. We know as we look around bonded warehouses uh, throughout the world uh, that, you know, the copper is at uh, historical lows. Uh, a lot of warehouses have seen some increases in the last several weeks but uh, if you go back the last 10-15 years we're still way way down there as far as uh, copper inventories are concerned and i think what we're going to see within china is that uh, we're probably going to see a restocking of some of these critical uh, metals and i think uh, you know copper is is definitely one of those so you know, if provided uh, China continues to open up and they continue to have a positive GDP this year, I think that's going to be supportive for, for the copper price at a time when the rest of the world, particularly the Western uh, uh, and Northern Hemisphere, is either in a recession or or likely uh, heading into one. And what what does that therefore signal for copper when we come out of this uh, recession, likely in 2024, 2025? that if copper's 4 dollars a pound in a recessionary environment what's it likely to be you know when uh, we have growing economies uh, throughout the uh, throughout the world
0: yeah, uh, it's just incredible. Dr. Copper always has something to say that just can't say it out loud, but it certainly is telling. Uh, George, thanks so much for your time. Uh, fascinating run, uh, not only on the work on the ground, but also with the company's equities. So uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again here in the next coming weeks.
1: Thank you, Trevor. All
0: right, that's your update from Arizona Sonoran Copper. Again, trading on the TSX with ASCU and on the OTCQX with ASCUF. Uh, And that's a wrap for us here today on the pod. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the morning briefing. Have a wonderful evening. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein.